good Saturday evening. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkie Saturday Night WrestleManiacs. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG sitting in with none other than a cigar aficionado. The man that knows all about all the best combinations of libations. The Nubian Sumo. How you feeling tonight? Oh, this has been an interesting week. Very interesting. As you can see, I'm in another part of the house. So Y'all have seen three parts of my apartment <laughs> since this show has happened. I'm sure over my shoulder here, you can see the green screen from the beginning of my career with Sideline Junkies. The desk will be over here. And now I'm in my TV watching sitting chair because somebody decided they wanted to do a live reaction show and I can't see my television from my desk. So here we are. And right now, as you know, as everybody knows, uh, we're in the middle of the second hour of collision. And uh, we've already had some matches going on. It is now 9.25 p.m. And we will be coming up on the, uh, I believe, the Thunder Rosa return match is coming up here next. And uh, we'll have the main event coming up with uh, Samoa Joe. Uh, Samoa Joe and, the, uh, and, and Bullet Club Gold going up against FTR and, and CM Punk, who has already uh, had a promo who started the show. Uh, right now, they're going through the Forbidden Door lineup with Kenny Omega going up against Will Ospreay. Uh, show, uh, MJF has accepted the challenge from Hiroshi Tanahashi for the uh, AEW World Championship for, during Forbidden Door. And also, uh, Sonata put out an open challenge for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, of which Jungle Boy Jack Perry has accepted. So, um, oh, the uh, six man's coming up next. So I guess uh, Thunder Rosa won't be making her appearance tonight. I thought that would be a, a match that would be uh, happening tonight. But, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I've just taken over. I'm sorry. I'm good with that. You know, we don't have no problem. You, you know, okay. when, when, when you and I get on here, I, I like to use this phrase. We like Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumas. We can alternate handling the ball. The thing is, you're not going to be able to stop us no matter who doing it. So we good. <laughs> okay. But uh, while we in commercial break, though, I wanted to say that the Nubian Sumo is powered by the Los Calaveras 2019. I've also pulled out the 20. In case this uh, the show goes a little long, and thanks to my boy, who will uh, my boy, Mister Will Tom Will Thompson, uh, aka Big Raj, aka the Big Chief Daddy, the Youngin. It's that time again, folks. As it is every year, the new. Blood Oath, Pack Nine, 
has arrived. And as you can see, me and Mr. Thompson have already had a little uh, taste test, a little tasting. And believe me when I say, out of all the packs, one through one through eight that have come out, this one I believe is probably the best one. They've out, they've really outdone themselves on this one, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you, it's it's finished now. Now, as we know, every year the pack, the, the blood oath is finished in a different cask every year. This year, they finished in an Oloroso sherry cask. Oh, let me get you back in there. Let me get that back up in there. Okay, now Oloroso sherry. Just like with Bert, with uh, Brandy, is made in a certain section of Brazil, and of well, not like it, but in with Brandy, is Brandy's made usually made in a certain section of France, so in order to be made what we called Brandy. With Olorosco Sherry, it can only be made in the Olorosco region of Brazil. To be called Olorosco Sherry. In this, you're getting your notes of apple, you're getting a lot of caramel, a lot of the warming spices like your cinnamon, your nutmeg, things of that nature. Which and it's a 80, it's a 98.6 proof, and is got it's very smooth with a slight bite, but it, and it's very very. Delicioso. That's what I was gonna ask. Is it a smooth taste going down? Oh yes, very, very smooth. Like I said, a slight burn to let you know that it's still a whiskey, it's still a bourbon, but very beautiful, beautiful. <coughs> now see, oh, so I, 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 ain't, I don't have anything as good as that. Like, I mean, I'm 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 on little Rock Creek Cola from the carry out. <laughs> so, you know, just something, it's a little something different. I got that going along with the water. I I, I ain't oh, called yeah. like, like, like water, new. Huh? I ain't that well, close. Hey, it, it ain't hard. It ain't hard. <laughs> it ain't hard to get. It ain't hard to get educated now. So and that, that's why I always ask because <laughs> we talked about it last week. It's it's not a, 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 a I'm not gonna say this is a rich man's game, but you you, you got to be an aficionado. You can't just be picking up stuff. I, the boss BJ, I was talking to him. I gotta remember what cigar he said he picked up. He said he went and picked up a cigar. He just wanted to try it. He said, "Man, it tastes like dog shit." wrapped in a burnt tree bark. He said, I, I don't know what the hell's wrong with this cigar, but he found him two more that he really liked. I can probably even tell you what it is, but I'm not going to mention that cigar on this on this broadcast. 
just by just by that description, I could probably tell you what cigar that was. But uh, yeah, I don't like that cigar either. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Cigars are an acquired taste. I will say that. As now, I've never smoked on the level of you, Delante, BJ. I've never smoked on y'all level. I, when it came to cigars, it was always black and miles, and I, I had different different ones for black and miles, but never on y'all level. And we joined by the man, family. Mr. Can y'all hear me? What it do? Yes, oh, yes, sir. We can hear you. What's going on? Hey, bro. Just trying to do the Father's Day thing with my with my seed today. Uh, I didn't seen uh, Fast 10 again and took her to see Transformers. And now I'm on with y'all. And then I'm back on the road tomorrow to head back to North Carolina. I, I'm hey, making it do what it do. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, we are. Uh... We uh, got this live uh, broadcast going on right now with uh, the six-man main event for Collision getting started. Yeah, uh, I got everybody's it on. Everybody's already. How's Collision been so far? Because I'm just getting in front of the TV. Collision has been pretty good. You know, um, they started out with CM Punk. Uh, they got um, they got Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue in a match with uh, Ruby Soho and um, Tony Storm, which was yeah, which that, was, that was just a result, that was a result of Rampage. Uh, that was a result of Dynamite this past Wednesday, which I'll and talk then about. Um, and then we also uh, we also got a few other matches in there, you know. But uh, but the but the match that interested me so far. Was the Andrade Del Idolo match versus Buddy Matthews, and uh, they went they went, a, they went a good while, and it was a good match between those two, uh, no interference at all. So I mean, it was it was very good, but the ending was very interesting because the finish was Andrade El Idolo putting on a figure four leg lock on Buddy Matthews and then turning it into a figure eight for the win. <laughs> channeling, look, channeling his old lady who, uh, if you saw SmackDown last night, had an interesting one-on-one uh, -on -one with Bianca Belair. Right. I thought that, I thought their little thing was interesting. I could see Bianca, the beginnings of her get ready to turn him. But right, you know. exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, while we got you on, man, and we talking about AEW, uh, folks, the reason why we got Raj on tonight is because Raj just recently went to the uh, AEW Dynamite and Dynamite show, which also had the uh, 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 Rampage taping. Yes, and so, so, so we wanted to have. We, there's a lot of newsworthy things going on right now within AEW, them talking about their attendance and things of that nature. So we wanted to bring Raj on as a uh, on-the-spot reporter, so to speak, <laughs> if you will. If you will. And, and have him, you know, just kind of go over what happened, you know, how, you know, from beginning to end, you know, 
Did he? Uh, so to start off, how did you get your tickets? You got did you were, did you buy them at Will Call? Did you get them online and then pick them up? How did you go about doing that? So my partner, my high school uh, partner, that's a big wrestling fan like us, my man Tony. He he called me and he knew I was in town and training. And he said, "Man, you want to go to the AEW show?" I said, "Sure." You know, I said, I'll go. I said, I, I haven't been to AEW match. So just to give you a point of reference, he brought the tickets offline. And, you know, the hard camera is the camera that shows the ring. So right. if you watch the Rampage show, it, I'm diagonal from the far right turnbuckle up on the second level of the, of the stadium. I, okay. now, I watched Rampage on TV. I was pissed. Because some things that I saw live that, that, that didn't make the taping, obviously. I mean, I don't know if you want me to go into that right away, but yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna ease into it. But go ahead. Okay. So uh, I think in attendance they didn't have nobody up in the four hundred level, but it was well attended. I can tell you just from the t-shirts that uh, the sister me daddy uh, the acclaimed the acclaimed is over. There was a lot of sister me daddy shirts was the number one shirt that I saw in the crowd. Most of the people weren't in the crowd and a close second was Sting. There was a lot of okay. people. So I popped. I popped when I saw Sting. It, it was nostalgia for me because I haven't seen Sting Russell live in almost 20 years. Okay. And Sting was there. Uh, uh, Chris Jericho was there. And of course, and I didn't realize this, you know, MJF has had that title for almost a year and that Bama has only Definitive four times, so I think it was a treat that I got to see him wrestle because he doesn't wrestle a lot. Right, he only remember he only wrestled seven times last year. Exactly. So him yeah, and Adam Cole and him and Adam Cole put on hell a hell of a match. Okay, so all right, so let's go into the beginning. Did they have any dark matches before the show started? No, there were no dark matches. Because everything, uh, because there, the one match that was that started before the show was the women's. I think it was a six man, uh, a six women's tag team that should have made Rampage on Friday. I forgot. Okay. Who that match. It should have made. It should have made Rampage on Friday. That was the only match that started. There was no dark matches because they taped. They did. They did Dynamite Live. Then they did Rampage, and they even taped the match for Ring of Honor. Okay, there was a match tape for that was the Lucha, the, uh, the Lucha, the Lucha, the Lucha Libres was taped for Ring of Honor, but I left because it was because that show started at seven o'clock. Well, the show started at seven thirty because you had a dark match, and then by eleven thirty, they still hadn't finished taping Rampage yet. So I, I got up and left. But I saw all the Rampage. The only thing I didn't see is, uh, is uh, the Tuscada match. The guys with uh, uh. Oh my god! The guy that's trying to be with the black, the black cool, the Blackpool uh, Combat Club, the, the Asian. Takesha. Yeah, yeah, I didn't watch the Takesha match because I, I got tired. I had to leave because I had to be at work at seven thirty next morning. But I did. I saw it. Okay. okay. So going back to um, going back to the attendance, you said it was very well attended. Now there's been a lot of rumor, speculation, innuendo, whatever you want to call it online where they've been talking about the attendance of AEW and how, you know, uh, it's been a lot of empty seats. Now you said they didn't fill up the 400 section, which right. so tell, it, depends tell on, it depends on the view. So, 
So let me say this. When you go to the AEW, the whole floor, the whole floor in front of the hard camera area was filled out. Now, the hard camera area, there was nobody sitting around the hard camera. I would say that. But all okay. areas- so to give to give context, the hard camera is what you actually see when they show the actual ring and they have the people behind it. So so anybody that so they didn't have anybody sitting around the view of the uh what you don't see on the card camera except for on the floor. That's correct. Okay, so uh so they have that usually sitting pretty high maybe in the club area or whatever whatever. That wasn't in the club area that was down in the one hundred in the middle of the one hundred section. That wasn't in the okay so all right I got you I got you so so when you say the 400 area, that would be pretty much above what we usually see. Yes. On the right. hard camera. Right. So the hard camera, the hard camera is going to show you, always show you the 100 level. That might show you the set, the next level up, but it's very rare because it's so dark. You ain't gonna be. That's where I was sitting. The next level above the 100 area. I thought I would have made TV, but we'll get when when you get to the uh, the the Moxley when you get to the black. The Blackpool Combat Club match in the Elite match. I'll talk more about that or where I thought because a lot of that was cut out. But I'll tell you what was cut out when we get to that. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and get to it because we're not going to really go into detail as far as the matches are concerned. Okay. Because I'm I was looking I was looking more toward bringing you on more toward the feel and the aesthetic of it more so okay. than the matches. So. Um, so you're saying that they left some things out of the uh, of the uh, of the actual um, program. Okay. So let me, let me backtrack to Adam Cole and MJF. Everybody was into that match. You know, you had folks. You had the, you had the Adam Adam Cole MJF Adam Cole MJF. So MJF has his followers. Okay. I I, w- I want to tell you, you know, it they, it was it was it was like a split crowd for them, uh, for them too. Um, when Tony Storm fought, uh, uh, what is her name, Sky Blue or whatever her name is? Okay, okay, that was, that was a good match, you know. Of course, Ruby Soho was out there, and um, they tried to jump Sky Blue, but when they when they did the run in, uh, <laughs> Willa almost fell and busted her ass. So, if you saw it on TV, that's why you only see her starting, and then they break away, and then you see her get into the ring because okay. she. Almost, Bust her ass trying to get into the ring. She almost pulled a uh, a, a, a Titus O'Neil. Uh, Whoa! Wow! Yeah. <laughs> top heavy, and she was going too fast, but she caught herself when she got to the bottom of the ramp. But she was so excited, I guess, so excited to get out there. She almost, she almost missed the cue and fell flat on her face. And I guess that's why they cut that part out. Um. Now. But you saw it on TV, and you and y'all know this. Normally, when Moxley and the Blackpool Blackpool Combat Club come out, they normally show them coming out the back, coming down the side of the ring, and then you know show him talking to the crowd, throwing his water bottle, and they'll follow the camera, and then you see them get into the ring. If you notice this particular week, they cut that short. You see them coming out. And then the camera, I think they went to commercial break. And when they came back, it was in the ring. Right. Okay. And then they cut away. And then you saw the elite. And then they came in with their song. But a lot of that, they probably cut that John Moxley stuff coming in. Because I thought, because John Moxley did a spot when he came in where he got into the crowd 
and got on the railing and, and, and soaked in all the adulation, which you didn't see. But because of what happened at the end of that match with Will Ospreay, that's probably why all of that got cut out. For timing. For timing. Yeah, because okay. you had uh, uh, Eddie Kingston. You remember Eddie Kingston came down to the ring to get involved right. in the match. They had a little tussle with that. Paul himself helping them out. And then the Young Bucks got mad at him because they wouldn't let him beat up Moxley. And then that's when Will Ospreay snuck in there and, uh, and snuck in there and beat up Kenny Omega. So that, they probably took out the, the entrance of the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club to fit that in there so everybody could see that part. Okay. Okay. So as far as the transition between Dynamite and Rampage, how much time kind of, did they do any rank changes? How much time yeah. did how much time elapsed between the last the ending of Dynamite and the beginning of the Rampage taping? It took about 15 minutes. The only thing they had to do, they put a new, they took they put a new the the DraftKings ring match stayed, but the only thing they the only thing that they changed was the, the surrounding of the ring. Because remember the ring skirt. Yeah, the ring skirt. That's the only thing that changed with the ring skirt. And they reinforced the ring again. Because remember the ring skirt, I think if I'm not mistaken, dynamite comes on uh TBS. So right. the ring skirt on is it says TBS for dynamite, and then they had to take the ring skirt down and put the ring skirt back up for TNT. Okay. For uh for dynamite. Okay. I mean uh for rampage. For rampage, right? Okay. Yeah. And then they and so they did all of the matches, and you said you got there up until the to catch the match, which, if I'm not mistaken, was the main event for Rampage. That was the main event at Rampage, and I left. That that match started at quarter to twelve. Okay, and where did the Ring of Honor uh, match fall in? After that. They had to be after that. After. I never saw the Lucha Libres. I never saw that. So, they're, they're, so the 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 the, the uh, ring um the Takesta match started at quarter twelve, and I think he won. And th and then after that, they had the Lucha Libre match that it was taken from Ring of Honor. Right. He did. He did end up winning that match. And then uh, okay. So um all right. So I know you got the hookup. But how do you remember how much the ticket was actually was for your section? Yeah, the ticket for my section was seventy dollars. Seventy dollars, okay. Seventy dollars, yeah. And that seems like it might be pretty good because um, I think um, I think I saw uh, the ticket prices for the Ring of Honor show that's coming up. Uh, a Ring of Honor, not a Ring of Honor show, but um, New Japan show that's coming up here soon, and I think they're of uh, front row seats on the floor were like 100 to 125. Okay. So, so if you were and then how 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 far in those seats? How far up were you? I was in the first row of the 200 section. So if you watch if you watch Dynamite, it, it sometimes the hard camera show you like the 100 section, and then you saw like the uh, um you saw like the little uh, I guess the little you know how you when they show you the arena. And they show how the mm -hmm. Teletron, the little strip always changing, were advertising right. right above the advertisement. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. 
just to give a little uh, context as yeah. to where yeah. you were. I had I had I had decent seats for seventy bucks. That wasn't bad. They were decent seats. Yeah, I saw I saw the picture that you put in our group page, and yeah. you know you did a pretty decent seat. Yeah, you know you got where where he was. You could actually see the ring. You could see the full ramp where uh, kind of coming from his uh, yeah. right hand side. Right. You know, you could see the full stage. So I mean, and you could see. You could, and he was that, and like he said, he was on the corner, so you could actually see all four sides of the ring from where he was sitting. Yes, and as high as he was sitting, you could get a clear view of everything that was going on. So yeah, he had a real decent seat. So um, yeah, okay, well, and, and again, and again, seventy dollars to some people might be a lot, but it was worth it to me just to see MJF because MJF don't wrestle that often, and right. I ain't never seen Adam Cole wrestle. Then again, I got to see Sting, even though Sting and uh, Chris Jericho didn't wrestle, I got to see them two again because, you know, hey, they go way back. I've seen them plenty of times back in the day. So it was good to see them. And I got to see Keith Lee and them in an in eight-man match. You know, Keith Lee, St actually, Sting did wrestle. I'm sorry. He did wrestle, but he didn't take a whole lot of bumps in that eight-man tag team because I forgot him. Uh, what's your boy? Coffin Drop. What's his name? Darby Allen. Darby Allen, yeah. Yeah, they they fought against the the mobile the mobile embassy. So, yeah. Okay, well, you got another show that you' about to hit here soon, don't you, there, bro? Yes, sir. The plan is, and I'm and after watching SmackDown last night, I, I just can't wait to see where this Usos versus Roman Reigns and uh, Sequoia is going to go. But SmackDown is going to be in Raleigh. July 14th, Friday, July 14th. And I'm taking my uncle. My uncle, me and my uncle used to go to the Cap Center. I, I'm going to put, I'm going to mark the Cap Center, which isn't there anymore. It's now the PG County, the new PG County Hospital. But when the Cap Center was up back in the 80s, I used to go rest in peace. I used to go to watch the Iron Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter in the boot camp match. I'm telling my age right now, KG. That's how far back I go. Okay. But hey, yeah. we hey KG, we 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 were born two weeks apart. So this is my twin. This is my twin. I got, <laughs> I got, I got sumo. I got uh, I got the new sumo by two weeks. Yeah, his old ass. Man, fuck you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Whatever. But um Hey, we might have to we might have to bring you back after that July 14th SmackDown show, and that would be interesting to see how you uh, how you compare the AEW experience versus the WWE SmackDown experience. Oh yeah, definitely. And, uh, definitely. To bring that to bring that into light, you know, that way, uh, and you won't have that much uh, space uh, apart from them, so. It'll be a nice it'll be a nice way to uh compare the two and get somebody's oh, yeah. opinion on that. Oh yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, WWE, by the time we get to July, but shit, we act we acting like it's a long way away, but we only talk about it less than a month from now. Cause the date is right. 17. So we only talk about a couple more weeks. So, you know, this would be after money in the bank. So it'd be interesting to see what a what a bloodline, what a bloodline storyline is. But wait a minute, hold on. Since, since we're talking about SmackDown, I got a problem with 
with the uh what what's them dudes that run what's them dudes that won the tag team, the number one seed? What's their name? The pretty, pretty deadly. Boy. Huh? Pretty deadly. I got a problem with them winning that. Well, hold on. Hold on. Hey KG. Uh, I'm here. Hey, look, man, um, it sounds to me like our guest has a beef. Uh-oh. I got a beef with Pretty Deadly, KG. Oh, well, hold on. He got, hold he on. got a beef. I give you the full experience there, brother. This is Raj got beef. Raj got beef. First of all, I, let me let me let me put a disclaimer out here. I have nothing against the LBGT community plus community. Okay, but these two Bamas got no business getting that title shot. Then how the hell hit row? Get in for five seconds and get a super kick and get pinned. Really? You was building them up. I thought you was gonna give them a program. Okay, what 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 is the WWE thinking? Nobody wants to see pretty deadly in a damn tag match in a, in a much less a championship match. They haven't done anything. Well, I'm going to have to go, okay, KG, I'm going to have to take this back to the old days. We're going to have to do a 60 minutes point counterpoint. <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to educate my, 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 my older brother here. Educate uh, me, please, because I don't agree with it. Okay. First of all, I kind of, I, I kind of agree with you when it comes to Hit row because why? I mean, ever since that botch from that help from uh, uh, top dollar going over the top rope and botching that botching that dive, right. they have gotten no respect whatsoever. Right. Okay, from ever right. since the back they came back, right? And but now I don't know if anybody noticed, but at the bottom during that match on the bottom third, there was the order. Of the match, it was a gauntlet match, right? For the number one contendership for the undisputed, un, un, unified title, tag title. So, if you notice, Hit Row was supposed to be last. Pretty Deadly was supposed to go on before Hit Row, but they switched it and put Hit Row in. As soon as they got done with the Andersons, well, as soon as they got done with the uh, Lucha, Lucha uh, the uh, Latino World Order, LWO, L yeah. right, right, and they made short work of them. Now, I don't. They probably did that for time because those first three match, those first three matches went pretty long, so. They probably did that at the time of being that they were the lesser than of all of them. Right. And they've been getting the real push. 
then they just told him, okay, go ahead, man, take a take a uh, take a bro kick and get out the ring. Hurry up. Because you notice Pretty Deadly came in, they halted everything, get let let the um, let Seamus and um old boy get a rest up and they went to commercial. Right. So, like I said, they probably did that for time. Now, going back to Pretty Deadly, you have to realize the reason why Pretty Deadly is in the main roster. They started out in NXT UK. They won the tag titles in NXT UK twice. They go over to NXT and come back come over here to the States, get the NXT, win the tag titles twice, and then unify the NXT UK and the NXT Tag Team Championships. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. They, they, those, for their gimmick, which it's a gimmick that's older than time. I mean, they're doing, they're pretty much doing, they're not, they're not necessarily doing the Adrian Street, Adrian Adonis type thing. They are doing the little androgynous kind of gimmick that um, that has gone over on many occasions. Uh, I think they, I don't think they even call it androgynous anymore. They, it's a uh, what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, metrosexual, right? Is what is what they're doing? Wait, 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 wait. In order to be a metrosexual, you got to care about your appearance. That's what a metrosexual oh, is. That's what they do, though. I mean, they they're blonde. They're in shape. They're always talking about putting stuff in their hair, and they always talk about skin care and all this stuff. They're pretty boys. They're pretty boys. I mean, it's they're oh, who? Can, how can I? How can I explain them to those that don't know who Pretty Deadly is? Uh, they would be a cross between, and I'm trying to think of the second half of this uh, comparison. It'd be okay, so they'd be they would be they're almost like a Shawn Michaels. Uh, even uh, uh, like a, a, a 2020s version, a, a, a generation Z version of Shawn Michaels. Wait a minute. Shawn Michaels chased women. I'm sorry. Shawn Michaels didn't you don't know that they women or not. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know that they've never, they've never been around any females like that on, during their during their time in WWE. You don't know if that's the case or not. You can't say that. Shawn Michaels didn't. Shawn Michaels didn't. You didn't think Shawn Michaels. You didn't question Shawn Michaels' sexuality, though. True. True. But like I said, they're a they are a that's why I said that they're a 2020 Gen Z version of Shawn Michaels. Cause right now, you know, you got and I'm not and I ain't trying to start nothing. I ain't trying to start nothing. So don't don't you can write all you want to. You can write a scene, you can write in, call in, whatever you want to do, but I ain't trying to start nothing. But you got a lot of confusion going on these days 
to where you know folks can go folks can say they are whatever they feel like they want to be you know but I get it you know I I mean they they fit the time they fit they fit the time they fit uh this current atmosphere this current condition and they over they they are definitely over I mean, you know, same thing with um, Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller is one of those Gen Zs, and they, you know, thinks that uh, they deserve everything, and you know, they're entitled and all this and that. So, I mean, you know, you, you're leaning toward a lot of characters that have those characteristics. So they fit right in in that with that. One so thing, one thing I wanted to say, I don't, I, I don't ever want to hear androgynous used in this generation because that's a disrespect to the folks that were androgynous in the 80s because I think Charlie Murphy said it best. You know, androgynous, the, the, the motherfucker that looked more like a bitch got the most women. It's not that case in this generation. Right. We talk about androgyny in the 80s, you know, you got your Prince, your Michael Jackson dudes out in LA wearing all that tight shit. They got all the women. So I don't think you can use that in this generation because which is why I switched from androgynous <laughs> to metrosexual. That's I've, the reason why I did that. What you described is the exact term, that's the exact definition of metrosexual. They care about how they look. Right. They, they, they I mean they wear the they wear the long sleeve shirt uh, tops with the crop coming up with the crop stopping here or or even up here, up around the upper right, right. Right between their pecs and their neck, you know, where the neck is, right up here. So, I mean, and then they wear the tight, the tight tights, and then the tall boots, tall boots. They go up to their, uh, they go past their their calves. So, I mean, they, they care, they care about their look. <clears throat> you know, you always see them primping and all this and that. So, I mean, it, it, they are metrosexuals. So, I can see where there's a certain demographic that may not like them but they yeah. are over yeah and they're old, heads and like, old heads like me god damn it i'm sorry about the cussing i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but i mean they but they're over and 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 they're and they're good so i mean you know it, it is it, it is what it is you know you, you can't here's a question how is it that they're over and I've been saying this since we've been doing this show. They're over, but a wrestler like Sonny Kiss, who actually is a talented wrestler, can't even crack the starting lineup on, on, on TV. Is is he too flamboyant for them? Yes. I like Sonny Kiss. I do too. I like Sonny Kiss. But then, but I mean, you've got those like Sonny Kiss, Nyla Rose. Giselle Shaw, you know, those that are, that have gone, that have transitioned into what they feel they are. And they're those, and they, they're those out there who don't appreciate or like that in their, in their wrestling. So, I mean, I mean, I, I can't. I can't make. I'm not gonna make any inroads or, or make any uh, arguments about that. 
because I like Sunny Kiss. I like um, Nyla Rose. I'm starting to like Giselle Shaw. I mean, because she's still she's still kind of coming into her own, but um, and and she's standing at this heel persona that she has right now uh, that's going on. She's doing real well with it. So um, it's not to everybody's taste, but they're it's worth giving them a shot as far as I'm concerned. I'll take that. So you done with your beef, sir? He, he ain't on mute, so I don't know what he, he might step away. Okay. So uh, while we waiting on him to come back, um, collision collision has ended. Of course, we know that CM Punk and DFTR did win. Yes. So they they wound they wound up winning. So it's over. If anybody want to see the Lazarus Project, they can they can continue watching. <laughs> it just started. It just started. So you know. You back with us, Rod? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. Okay. So anything else you want to add to uh, finish up your set your segment of this show, sir? Um. I'll just say AW, they have a good product. I just don't, I, I hope, I, I know they got their, their hands in a lot of pots. And you know, they, they're trying to do, the, I know they got the New Japan show, the Forbidden Door coming up. My thing is, is stop, don't try to emulate what the WWE is doing. I think MJ, don't, don't turn MJ up into Roman Reigns, I guess is what I, what I want done. Have him wrestle a little bit more than what he's doing now. Don't turn him to Roman Reigns, you know. And only Well, I don't think they try to turn him into Roman Reigns. I think they're trying to turn him more into a Andre the Giant. Because they're trying to make him an attraction. They're doing they're doing pretty much they're pretty much they're pretty much following the CM Punk, Ring of Honor, Summer of Punk. Storyline, right? So, um, so they, they're not having him wrestle, but so much because they don't want to overuse him. But because of, because of his character, his heel character, he doesn't want to be one of those wrestling all the time anyway. Trying to defend himself. No, he wants to try to keep it as long as he can to do the let do the least amount of work to keep it. So, so to me, it's working. To others, you know, they feel like he, like you said, they, he needs to wrestle a little bit more and be a little bit more pre present uh, in the ring. But um, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I said this about Roman Reigns as well. You know, you don't need your world heavyweight champion on television wrestling in matches all the time. Okay. I mean, Flair didn't, Flair didn't do it. Race did, Harley Race didn't do it. Hogan didn't do it. Hogan didn't do it. So, I mean, you know, why would you? I mean, all they're doing, this is just a throwback to what they used to do back in the early, in the, in the, in the 80s. Yeah, but Flair, Flair didn't do it because he was wrestling territory. 
You, you understand what I'm saying? He was doing because he had to go to travel to different territories to wrestle. Well, right. But, 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 okay, but now to, 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 to Roger's point, he was going to different territories to wrestle, but remember, when they did want to have Flair on television, they showed him in some of take in some of those matches from those other territories. That's so if they wanted him on television, they could have had him on television as much as they wanted to. But he was an attraction. He was the world heavyweight champion. So they didn't want to oversaturate Flair as right. champion right. Uh, to the public. So yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. But I, I like the fact, like I said, I like the fact that they don't they don't have them wrestling too often because it makes you want them even more when they do wrestle. It makes the championship special because they're not wrestling all the time. Like Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is on the head that belt a week. And how many times has he defended that belt? Twice. Three. <laughs> Twice or three times. Yep. He's defended it twice, and he's about to defend it on Tuesday against Braun Breaker on NXT television. Right. So what you're saying is you don't agree with that? I agree with it only because it's what the people want, and right. WWE is listening to the people. Right. I mean, they, they, what, are they, what are they calling that belt right now? The Doug... Isn't it called the WWE Championship? It's the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, but what else are they calling it now? They're calling it the Workhorse Championship. Okay. They're trying to make they're trying to make that belt the old school intercontinental belt. They want him to defend that belt as many times as he can without without uh, overs, without hurting himself. They're gonna put him, they're gonna put that, they're gonna throw that belt in your face. As much as you, as much as uh, they can, because that's what the people were asking for. Since Rick can't get Roman, they can put this belt together so that there'll be a champion uh, on. There'll be a championship on Raw as much as possible, and he will. He'll probably defend that belt at least two or three times a month now. Okay. Okay. Here's 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 a question. If that's the case, what about the U.S. title? What about the Intercontinental title? I'm, I, I'm starting to see what you were saying when I was like, oh, we don't have enough belts. Now we have too many. But you don't have enough talent that's going after these belts. You're, you're taking that's, yeah, that's a little group. That's, Braun Breaker has no business having a shot at Seth Rollins right now. But they're doing this to bring him over. They want to keep him in NXT for as long as they can because they know he's an attraction there. But they want to bring him over. So this is his bridge to bring him to the main roster. The only reason they haven't done it yet is because they, they wanted the match between the, the storyline between him and Carmelo Hayes to establish Carmelo as champion. And then they wanted to they wanted to find a way to ease him over into the main roster. So his transition will be smoother than uh, most folks because you know when he gets over to the, um, to the main roster, they're going to push him, and they're going to push him hard. He may be the one to dethrone Austin Theory for the United States Championship. Okay. 
And then you're talking about more titles. You know there's a rumor going around they're talking about bringing back the Cruiserweight or the Light Heavyweight Championship. For what? So they can discard it like they did with 205 Live? If you don't bring back anything, bring back a TV title. But you need to bring back the TV title for the women because the women don't have a secondary title. Nope, they don't. They need a secondary no. title because you got too much talent in the women's division that you don't have a secondary title, but you're giving the guys you got the Universal Championship, the World Heavyweight Championship, the, the, the WWE Championship, the Intercontinental Championship, and, and the U.S. Championship. You got five titles, five singles titles for the men, but you got one title, well, two titles for the ladies. You need a secondary title. Well, I'm sorry, three titles because you got the NXT Women's, but you need three secondary titles for each division of women. They gotta have something. You gotta you gotta see if we put the same thing when you put the intercontinental US title on somebody, we gotta see if you can be able to hold the mantle. If you can't hold the mantle, okay, we'll take it off you and put it on somebody that can hold the mantle. Those are the next level. That's supposed to be number one contender. Move on up after that. Well, what they might be they might be they might be doing a, a secondary title for the women because you know that they're talking about unifying the NXT Women's Championship with the WWE Women's title, the Women's Tag title. So, what? Why? Why are we going backwards? Well, I said that from the beginning. I said there was no need to have an NXT Women's Championship. That championship should cover all three shows, all three brands. But they don't. Because there are enough women's tag teams in the tag team division in as a whole. There aren't enough. I mean, they just had they just had a four way match to determine the number one contender for the um, WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, and there were only four women. There were only four teams, and two of those teams were, were, were teams that they just threw together. And see, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like when you throw teams together, because when you, when you got chemistry, they always wind up breaking up the teams in the women's division that got chemistry. When you had, uh, what was it? Was it Alexa Bliss? No, it was Liv Morgan and uh, somebody. You had the Ride Squad. You broke that apart. You had uh, Alexa Bliss and 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 and, and uh, 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 God, Alexa Bliss and um. Was it Raquel Rodriguez? Her, but it was Alexa Bliss and um, Nia Jax. You had Nia Jax and Tamina. You had teams that had chemistry and looked like they worked well together, and they always seemed to break them up or not let them run. And they're about to break up damage control. Why would you do that? You're about to turn EO Sky um, your face. And that, that's like breaking up. We've been waiting for so long for uh, uh, Ronda Rousey and... um um um. I'm sure she is. You know she come to see her daddy. I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Ronda Rousey and uh, Shayna Baszler. We've been waiting so long for them to come together. Now they're together. They're, they, I think they're the most dominant women's tag team probably ever. I don't see them losing. I don't see anybody beating them clean. I see them losing because because uh, Ronda Rousey been going around talking about how bad WWE treats the women on the roster. Well, yep. we see that. No, no respect. But and see how soon we forget. Because if it wasn't for the women on that roster, WWE would have never made it through the fucking pandemic. Because the women carried those shows. They carried Raw. 
They carried SmackDown. They carried the pay-per-views during the pandemic. All the women. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. I agree, KG. Now, that's, that shows you how soon WWE forgets. And it, it, it shouldn't go back to a thing where it's like, you know, know your place. Nah, because they put you in a position that you, you could keep going and keep the ratings up. Those were some of the highest rated shows. Number one, everybody was home. Number two, it was good shit. Everything was good. They main evented WrestleMania, which is probably one of the highest rated WrestleManias in what, 15 years? Why are you not still riding that wave? That wave should be rolled right now, and you can continue to ride it because all you got to do is build up the women's division and keep building, keep building, keep building. And the next thing you know, they're on par with the men's division. You got a solid product. Nobody's beating you. But that's why I sit here and I talk to y'all on Saturday nights, and I'm not running. I'm not up in the office because I, I, I'm too forward thinking, I guess. Well, we'll see how we'll see how it goes because you know they they they're talking about some changes that are supposed to be made and uh, with NXT and um, mm-hmm. they're, they're talking about some other things that they're talking about switching up. So we'll see what happens with uh, WWE and how they how they end up dealing. Y'all smell it? Y'all smell it? I smell a cigar. What no, you smell? No, I- I smell big bullshit coming down a, down a pipe. <laughs> I just want to know the oh job. You got to think about it. Vince is about to be, if Vince is not already in control, he's about to be back in control. Because when he gets in control and somebody's done something different than what he does, he goes and he unravels it all. He fucks it up. Yes, he and does. Of, let me cook this. Let, let, let this cook. He goes and he, he, he unravels it and fucks it up. He old school, that's why. But this got Vince McMahon written all over it. I swear it does. It got Vince McMahon written all over it. Um, this is not how we do it. Vince is probably one of the smartest men in the wrestling business because he 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 down to the smallest minuscule thing, he's always thinking about it. You know, we wouldn't have these, these these powers uh, of global, if it wasn't for the way he took everything away from territory and, and turned it into a worldwide thing, I get that. But uh, fella, sometimes you got to sit back and you got to let the next generation take over because you're still it, you're still in 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 what is happening. No, we in what's happening. You is what is happening. This is the atomic age. You, you, this is cyber age. You back in analog age, man. You got to stay back there. Let Triple H and his and his crew do what they doing. Cause they are. When he took over NXT, he drove NXT into the ground. During the pandemic, he drove NXT into the ground. Yeah, it was that was Vince that did that. He's the reason why rainbow. Keith is not over there anymore. Rainbow, that rainbow, that rainbow NXT 2.0. Yeah, exactly. that was that was all Vince. Then you have Keith Lee, who's white hot. He wins. He had the North American Championship. He wins the NXT Championship. Instead of you riding that wave, you bump him up to the main roster, make him shave off the beard, and you change. Oh, we're going to call him Bearcat. You killed that brother's career. I will never forget him for that. Yes, I'll never forget what they did to Keith Lee. That was some bullshit, man. 
Keep you restoring can't have the that's white hot. What'd you say, Rod? He said he still hasn't recovered from it. No. And you can't kill somebody off that's white hot like that and think you can get away with it. And just think we're going to forget. That's like me saying, oh, you and Raj are, are, are the, the, the best tag team we got right now. Oh, I'm going to move y'all up to the main roster, but we're going to change your whole gimmick. We want y'all to wear rainbow tights and, 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 and faux wigs and stuff like that. We want you to be like Motley Crue or something. That's not your gimmick. That's not what everybody loves you as. No, but they done that pretty much everybody that's come out of NXT, pretty much. It's very few people that come out of NXT. That keep that uh, same gimmick. Well, not even keep that same gimmick, but got over. Yeah. I mean, they were strong. They were they were very strong in NXT and had and had a following coming that coming out of NXT into the main roster. But then, as soon as they get on the main roster, their whole they, they just yeah they get lost. They oh they they get lost or they get or they get they get lost in the shuffle or they don't they don't get a push. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, I'm just glad that uh, Gunter was able to uh, survive it. Yeah, you know they 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 uh, they, they gave him his push and they've. Continue to maintain it. Uh, Austin Theory, uh, they 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 did pretty well with him, and and, and kept him alive. Uh, they, they, we're gonna see what happens with some of these newer folks that have come through. But I mean, yeah, they they have a history of just. I mean, think about it: authors of pain, all villains, uh, FTR or the the revival, as they were called back then. Right. Uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a history of folks, just like uh when they brought when they were getting ready to bring up Adam Cole, they were talking about bringing up Adam Cole as the manager for Keith Lee. Why would you put him in a managerial role? That's why you never saw him on the main roster. He got out of it. Why would you put Adam Cole, former Ring of Honor World Champion? Multiple check, multiple time champion in um in, in the Indies, and for your former uh, NXT champion. Wow. In a viable, in a in a viable, popular faction. Why would you put him in a managerial role with Keith Lee? Why? Right. Where's uh? It's no, it's no different in uh. What's it? Uh, Gargano and uh, what's the dude that Gargano used to always wrestle? They had all those extreme matches when they was in NXT together. Tommaso, Tommaso yeah. Ciampa. Uh, okay. just, uh, yeah, Ciampa. Gargano and Ciampa ain't busted grape on the main roster yet. Well, to to his to Ciampa's defense, he's been hurt. He's been hurt. I know. He's been hurt since he's been hurt since he got moved up to the main roster. So I bet. He's just now getting back to where he's getting he's getting into ring shape now. And okay. they're talking about adding him to Gargano's faction the way and making them and bringing DIY, DIY back, putting DIY back together. So but Chompa never wanted to leave NXT in the first place. He already right. had a long time ago. He, he said he never wanted he to leave said, NXT. He said he never wanted to leave NXT because he knew what was going to happen. 
when he got there. But right now, they're talking about, like I said, they're talking about reforming DIY and putting them in the title, in the, the tag title picture. So they may be the replacement or fill the hole that the Street Profits may or may not empty when they turn uh, one of them or both of them heel. So we'll have to see. Right. That if they break up the street profits before they really give them a good run, that's I, yeah, I, you know what? Hold on, that's my other beef. I don't care that you gave you know, I, I you gave pretty deadly a title shot. How come the street profits didn't get another title shot? Is it because they couldn't beat the Usos or you already break them up? They get they're, they're from what I'm seeing, and this is just my opinion, okay, from what I'm seeing. They're kind of slow cooking them into heels, because you could, because just like with Bianca, you can kind of see Montez, his his wrestling style is kind of it's changed a little bit. You know, he's starting to get these facials, like you know, he's getting real frustrated in the ring, and okay. you know, he's kind of questioning what's going on with the referee and what they, what the referee is doing. So it's like little subtle changes with him. Now, from what I've been reading, they're talking about, and this is something that Bianca said that they she never wanted to do. They're talking about putting them two together. Right, um, yeah, Bianca, Bianca did that on a, on a Tamron Hall show. She said, right. I don't want to be in a program with my husband. There's no need for that. But there may be a point to where they all, but she, she might have said that trying to create kayfabe. Right. So... So, but but it's looking like that may be where they're leading to, you know, having them two, having having those three put together in a faction, you know, because it didn't work for, it's not working for Hit Row. It may work for them. So, again, we'll have to see. Okay. It, it looks like if they do break up the Street Profits, they're gonna put a. They're gonna strap a rocket to Montez Ford's back, and I, I keep thinking, what's gonna happen to Angelo Dawkins if they do that? Because they're gonna bury him. It's gonna. It, it kind of reminds me of when D'Lo left. When D'Lo left the uh, the Nation, and him and Mark Henry had their tag team, and then all of a sudden they started beefing. But D'Lo took off, and D'Lo Brown was one, probably one of the best European champions in the history of that belt. He was probably one of the best. He was the first uh, Euro Intercontinental champion. And, you know, but you kind of buried D'Lo after a while. Then it took a while for Mark Henry to break out. And by the time it was time for him to break out, he was ready to get out of the business as an active wrestler. Like, I don't want to see that happen to nobody else. But it always happens to us, if you dig what I mean. It always happens to us like that. And I don't like it. You got I see I see Angelo Dawkins going under some type of management. Like I see him maybe hooking up with um MVP or they bring in another uh manager or some uh, mouthpiece for him. And just make him 
make him or, or, or give him a female, give him a female to uh kind of be his girlfriend type situation, kind of like a um kind of like they did with Riddick Moss, with Madcap Moss, or um Kieran Cross. You know, give him a female that's gonna get in his ear and be like, you know, this, you could be better, you could do this, you could do that. You know, you've, you've always been the one that has been the Marty Janetti of the tag team. So now it's your time to shine. It's your time. You you you've always been better than Montez, but they they don't they don't let you uh they don't let you get your shine. So now it's your time. You know that type of thing. So yeah. It's either gonna be them two together as heels, or they're gonna break them up, and my an Angelo dog is gonna stay a face until it gets to the point where he's gonna eventually turn heel himself. But they won't put them back, but they're gonna put them back together. All right, good. I got a bitch y'all to do. Uh, well, you did your part, brother, and we appreciate you being on. Most definitely. Okay. I appreciate y'all having me and uh and I'll get back with y'all after I do the SmackDown on the 14th. All right, man. Keep, li I'm keep on, listening. Hey, I'm on vacation next week, so don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just make, you just make sure you turn us on next week. That's all. If you don't even listen, if you don't even, if you got the volume down, you just make sure you just put us on. Yes, That's sir. all. All right, man. I'll holler at y'all. All right, happy Fox Day. Later. Bye, bud. Well, that was my best friend, my hetero life mate. Is uh, as Jay and Silent Bob call each other. That's my man of thirty-five years, fell folks. So you know, any y'all got anything bad to say about him? You got to go through me. Understand it. Understand it. Uh, where you want to go next? Uh. You want rock? You still want rock? That's just Nubian. Yeah, because you know there's some things been going on here that we need to talk about. You know, uh, so yeah, let's 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 get into it. Let's get into it. Let me find my let me find my little tablet here. Well, let me set this gotcha. thing right, ladies and gentlemen. You are now about to take a ride on a trip around the world with the Nubian sumo. And that's just newbie. As much as I hate to give that motherfucker credit, I mean, I do like that damn music. I don't know where he got that from, but you know. I do like that. And not here, and since he ain't here, I can actually say it. I got to say it to his face. So, <laughs> you know. hey, be lucky. He might show up. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be something on the lower third here in a minute. You know, him chiming in. But yeah, all right. So, uh, it's a lot of shows getting ready to come up. Uh, July is getting ready. The end of June and start of July is about to be hot with uh, wrestling shows around 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 rest the wrestling world. Uh, you got uh, they announced they recently announced on Ring of Honor that Death Before Dishonor will be going on in Trenton, New Jersey. 
on July the 21st. They haven't started setting up that card yet, but usually Death Before Dishonor is uh, kind of like their version of SummerSlam. It's one of their main shows, so you're gonna see a lot of a lot of uh, shows going, a lot of uh, different significant matches going on. I'm anticipating Samoa Joe versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the uh, TV title, the IWGP, well, the New Japan World TV title and the Ring of Honor World TV title. So I'm anticipating that. I'm sure Claudio Castagnoli will probably will be defending his Ring of Honor World Championship. Shibata, uh, Katsuyori Shibata will be defending the Pure Championship as well as the Tag Team Champions uh, will be uh, defending their belts. Uh, so I'm sure that as that match, as that card comes along, I'll be letting you know about that. Um, Impact Wrestling has a lot of shows coming up. Uh, their Slam, they've, they've already announced their Slammiversary show that's going on on July the 15th. Uh, the, uh, they've got some matches already announced on their card. Um, one of them being for the Impact World Championship, Nick Aldis going up against their newly minted World Heavyweight Champion, Alex Shelley. Now, for those of you who didn't watch the last pay-per-view, Alex Shelley ended up beating Steve Macklin in the main event for the World Heavyweight Championship, and Chris Sabin ended up winning the X Division Championship from Trey Miguel. So you got the Motor City Machine Guns now holding the top two men's titles in Impact Wrestling. So I mean that's really that's really interesting. Chris Saban being now the nine-time X Division champion, and this being the first World Championship for Alex Shelley. So congratulations to him. Uh, like I said, uh, Nick Aldis wound up winning a uh, winning a, what they called an eight for one match during that same pay per view, where it was an eight man tag that went on. The winners of the eight man tag then went into a fatal four way, and the winner of the fatal four way wound up getting the title shot. So that ended up being Nick Aldis, and that match did include Speedball Mike Brady, Mike Bailey. It included, um, uh, let me see if I can remember the uh, lineup. It was Moose, Speedball Mike Bailey um, on one side. I got to remember, I got to remember who, were on the, who, was on, who else was on that team. Uh, I think it was Heath Slater was on his side and um, Heath Miller, I should say. He's Heath Miller now. And um, one other person. Then on the other side, it was Jonathan Gresham, PCO, Alex Shelley, and Nick Aldis. No, not Alex Shelley, but Nick Aldis uh, and uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, uh, anyway, I can't remember. I can't remember the exact card. I could probably look it up, but um, it's already passed, and y'all can check that out on the um, on Impact Plus if you like to watch it. Um, also on that card, on this uh, Slammiversary card, will be 
Deanna Perazu, who defended her title, who, who was in, who actually was in a tag team champ, uh, was in a tag team match with um, Trinity, going up against Giselle Shaw and Savannah Evans, who was like her heater in that little faction they got with uh, Jay Vidal. And uh, Deanna Perazu and Trinity wound up winning, but it was already established that Trinity would be getting the title shot after Deanna Perazu wound up defending the belt against Jordan Grace in a previous match. So you got Deanna Perazu defending the Knockouts World Championship against Tr uh, Trinity. And then you also have a match that got set up, Bully Ray and Steve Macklin going up against PCO and the president of Impact Wrestling, Scott Demore. Scott Demore has been in, having a lot of problems with Bully Ray uh, as far as disrespecting him and whatnot. So, um, they, so they've put together this match for, uh, for, uh, for that Slammiversary show. So that's going to be coming up soon uh, on the 15th of July. And then after that, they will be having um, on August the 20th will be the Multiverse United 2 show which is uh, their version pretty much of the Forbidden Door, <clears throat> where they'll be um, putting matches together between Impact Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So um, that match, they haven't started putting that show together yet, but I will be getting back to you on that. Now, um, the G1 Climax for New Japan Pro Wrestling will be starting here soon. Uh, they've already uh, they've already announced that it will be going through July and August. Uh, they've announced the blocks already, so I'll go through the blocks with you. And it's very interesting how they put these blocks together. So in, in now it's 32 people, 32 wrestlers in this uh, in this year's G1 climax. They've broken them down into four blocks of eight each. So at the end, uh, toward the end, they're going to have block. I'm not. It's going to be one block versus another block on one side. One block versus another block, and then the winners of those matches will end up wrestling each other to determine the G1 winner, who will be the number one contender, and in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, which is their version of uh, WrestleMania. So in block one, you've got your world heavyweight champion, Sonata, Chase Owens from the Bullet Club. You got Hikaleo, and then, and then everybody else in this block will be debuting. They'll be, this will be their first G1. So Hikaleo, Renda Rita, who is uh, in a faction with uh, uh, Minoru Suzuki, calling him uh, Strong Style. You got Shota Umino, Yota Suchi, who is the newest member of Los Ingubernables de Apon. You got uh, Gabe, Gabriel Kidd, who uh, was a form, an English wrestler who wound up giving up his career to go into the New Japan Dojo to, to, uh, to increase his skills and is now the latest member of the Bullet Club. So they've got, these, they've got this new sub-faction under David Finley, the newest the newest leader of the Bullet Club, 
called the Blood Club, the Bullet Club War Dogs. And so uh, Gabe Kidd is a member is a member of the uh, Bullet Club War Dogs. And then to finish out that uh, that uh, block will be Kaito Kitamiya. Kaito Kitamiya is a former, a recently former uh, GHC heavyweight champion. And it, it was the one that got into the beef with Kazuchika Okada with the kick to the face uh, during Muramuda's last shows. So they just had a show called um, All Together Again last week, where there was a three or there was a six man tag with uh, both Okada and Kitamiya on opposite sides of each other, and they did go at it. I mean, it, it, it was almost a it was almost a replay of that night that they first got together uh, during Muda's, uh, one of Muda's final shows. So for him to be in this tournament is very significant because in the B block, you've got Kazuchika Okada. So at, that, at some point, probably toward the semifinal or maybe even the final, you could see those two together in the ring under the New Japan flag, which has not happened yet. So now, even though the All Together show was under the New Japan flag, it was the All Together show was New Japan, All Japan, and Pro Wrestling Noah together. You know, like a, it, it was more of a charity event that they did. So it was a lot of tag team matches, six mans, eight mans, ten mans, you know, try to get a lot of people in. I mean, it was only one singles match. There was only one singles match on that whole card, and it was uh, who was it? It was uh, I want to say it was Master Wato versus um, Yoshihashi. Now, for those who remember Yoshihashi from WWE, some time ago, uh, the boy done found him a good sushi restaurant. Let's put it that way. Boy been eating pretty good. And I know I'm not one to talk, but he's a professional wrestler. I'm just an everyday joke. So, uh, we, we, but then again, I digress. Anyway, to go into B Block, we have Kazuchika Okada, Yoshihashi, which is uh, one half of your new IWGP Tag Team Champions and New Japan Strong Tag Team Champions. Uh, tai Chi, which is part of the faction of uh, Just Five Guys. Kenta, who is still Bullet Club. Great Okan, which is uh, United Empire. Will Ospreay, which is a United Empire. Tonga Loa, who's been hurt for a good while, has been gone, uh, who's the brother of Tama Tonga and the son, one of the, one of the three sons, along with Tama Tonga and Hikaleo of Haku. That's, that's, that's like the middle son. Um, he'll be in, he'll be Ben who um, and then um, El Fantasmo who just got kicked out of Bullet Club recently. So um, then you got C Block, which is David Finley. I mentioned earlier is the newest leader of the Bullet Club. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii, which is one hat one third of the um, I, of the uh, Never Open Weight Six Man Tag Champions with. Uh, Hiromu, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Okada. Uh, Evil, 
who was the leader of the Bullet Club sub-faction of uh, House of Torture, Tamatanga, Shingo Takagi, who is Los Ingobernables, De Apon, Aaron Hanari, who is uh, United Empire, Eddie Kingston, making his G1 debut, and Mikey Nichols from TDMK, who is uh, making his debut as well. And in the D block, you've got Hiroshi Tanahashi, um, Tetsuya Naito, who's the leader of Los Ingobernables De Apon, Hiroki Goto, the other half of the tag team champions with uh, Yoshihashi, Zack Sabre Jr., who is your New Japan Strong uh, television champion, Toru Yanu, Jeff Cobb, who is United Empire, Shane Haste, which is the tag team partner of Mikey Nichols, and Alex Coglin, who is, like Gabriel Kidd, another new member of the Bullet Club under that Bullet Club War Dogs uh, sub-faction. So these, these will be, this, uh, the G1 will be starting here within the next week or so. And, uh, it's, good, like, and it's a long tournament. It's a very long tournament. So they're going to be having matches. Every, uh, it's, it's a round-robin tournament pretty much. So everybody will be wrestling everybody within their And uh, that'll be um, starting here within the next week or so. And then um, that will pretty much lead to Forbidden Door. So, uh, so, so Forbidden Door will be coming up on the 25th, as we just talked about, as we just talked about earlier. Uh, the matches that they have set up for that so far are um, so. Like I said earlier, Sonata put out an open challenge to anybody in uh, AEW who wanted to try to get his title from him. And so Jack Perry has uh, aligned, has uh, stepped up to the plate for that and has already told Hook that he wants him in his corner since they're now a new tag team. You've got Hiroshi Tanahashi, who's going to be challenging MJF for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. You got Kenny Omega defending the United, IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship against Will Ospreay. And if you saw uh, Dynamite, as Raj mentioned earlier, there was a run-in during, during, uh, during that show where Osprey jumped uh, Kenny Omega and did some pretty good damage to him. So that's, and plus, um, the last time they were in the ring together, Kenny Omega left him pretty bloody and wound up, uh, and wound up uh, having Will Ospreay out of commission for a good while. So, you know, this is like a revenge thing for him. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to get, not only to get the belt, but to give me some get back. I got a receipt. I got, he said, he, he didn't say it, but you know, I think he got like, I don't think he got just a regular receipt. I think he got one of them CVS receipts for him. <laughs> That's what I was he, got a CV, he got a CVS receipt ready for Kenny Omega. So, you know, that's going to that's gonna be a good match. And then also you have uh, Kazuchika Okada, who will be going up against Brian Danielson. So then that's pretty much, they're considering that a dream match. So um, looking forward to that uh, open, open door. And then um, on July 4th and 5th, you have 
the new New Japan Strong Independence Day card. Uh, so they're going to have two shows in Kurikan Hall in Tokyo from the 4th and the 5th. Uh, on the 4th, they've already announced that um, the – hold on. I don't know why you skipped like that. Okay, so the, new, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship will be on the line with uh, Francisco Akira and TJP from United Empire defending their championships against Mark Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney, otherwise known as Dan Maloney. Both, uh, both Clark Connors is another one of those Bullet Club war dog um, guys that uh, that just joined Bullet Club recently, and Drilla Maloney was a member of United Empire. But the night that Akira and TJP went wound up regaining the tag team championships, Drilla Maloney wound up turning on them and leaving the faction to join with uh, the War Dogs. So we'll see how that goes. Then also, there's going to be a 60-minute time limit tag team match. John Moxley is bringing Homicide in a tag team match against El Desperado, and who was just announced uh, just last night to make it official, June Kasai. Now, June Kasai is a Japanese hardcore legend. I mean, he is pretty much the Mick Foley of Japan. I mean, he, he when he came out uh, during the All Together show to uh, confirmed that he would be the tag team partner of El Desperado, he made it a point to take his shirt off. And you could see the, the scars of war that all over his body from, the, from all the hardcore matches that he's been in. And then he got those gigs on his head, kind of like Abdullah the Butcher, but they go across instead of going down like he is. I mean, I mean, deep gigs too. I mean, like he's been, he's been gigging himself for decades. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, so we're going to see how that goes. And that should be an interesting match. And then the mat, the mat, the match that they have right now set up for the fifth is for the strong open weight championship. Eddie Kingston is, uh, going after the champion Kenta. So that should be an interesting match as well. So um, that's pretty much everything that's going on right now as far as what's coming up here in the next few weeks, um, at least until July 4th. Uh, like I said, some of these, uh, some of these uh, cards have not been uh, set up yet, but they will be over the course of the next few weeks or so. So we'll just I'll, I'll keep you posted on what was happening with that. And uh, any questions, sir? Anything you want to add? I, I do have a question for you. It's it's not really indies related, but it was a comment that was made, and I keep seeing it. And I wanted to hear what you had to say about it because it, it rubbed me the wrong way. Um, Terry Belaya, Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, whatever you want to call him, made a comment that. Some of the guys that's in the industry today, and I don't think he was just talking about WWE. I think he was talking across the board. Look like they should be just bagging groceries. 
Now well, you got okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, finish. Me personally, I'm like okay. Motherfucker, why are you hating? That's that's me personally. That's the first thing I thought. Why are you hating? The 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 days of the yoked up strong man are done. That's not wrestling anymore. Those days are done. Uh, the things he said about Mick Foley over the years, I don't agree with, and I think it's downright jealousy. Because the thing about Mick, for him not looking the part, I still think in my in my heart of hearts, I would rather watch a Mick Foley match because of the unpredictability of it rather than watching a Hogan match because I know what's going to happen. You're going to start going down. Then all of a sudden, you're going to start hawking up. You're going to get hit. You! Then it's the three moves of doom, and it's over. I know how your matches go. With Mick Foley, I don't. I prefer Mick Foley. But what are your feelings or uh, uh, thoughts, I should say, about that comment? Well, you've got a lot of older wrestlers who are saying this pretty much the same thing. Uh, you got Jim, a, a Jim Cornette who talks about some of these younger guys and girls who are in the business right now. Um, you've got um, the Hulk Hogan's of the world, and it's, it's a lot of them. It's a lot of them that are doing this. But my, my thing has always been, you know, there was a saying back in the day, it takes all kinds. You know, you know, it's funny how, you know, all these guys that talked about, you know, all these all these uh, smaller guys and all these uh, ones that may not be in the best shape or whatever. I mean, Dusty Rhodes. Holly Dusty Ray. Rhodes said it best. I'm not I'm not the athlete of the day. My belly might be big. My butt might be big, but I'm bad and I know I'm bad. You know, you got uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. You got Van Vader. I mean, and and even 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 to go on the other side of the spectrum, you had a Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero. You know, you got you got these small the smaller ones that uh, Kevin Nash used to call what the Vanilla Midgets. You know, so. Um, I mean, it takes all kinds to make to make to make anything. You know, even even in life, you go out, you at a bar, and you see a group of guys that get together and whatnot. You always got a conglomeration of a lot of different people. You got your got your skin your skinny guy, got your fat guy, you got the one that's in shape, you got the one that might be the nerd. You know, you got the one that's the ladies' man. You know, you got, you got it. Take it takes all kinds. We were talking about earlier how you know, pretty deadly might not be the taste of everybody, but they're over. You can't deny the fact that they're over. So I mean, for them, for all these older wrestlers who are out of it and aren't really in the business anymore. You know, they just living off of their legacies and whatnot. They just need to go sit down somewhere. You know, because I mean, what point? What what's the point? I mean, you can you you can definitely have your opinion. 
Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But as they are, another saying, opinions are just like assholes. Everybody got one. So, you know, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's going to be, you know, 50, 50th anniversary of hip hop, right? When we were growing up, all of our parents, grandparents, what's that bebop, hippity hop stuff you listening to? What's that? What's that? But now we're in our 40s and 50s, and we're looking at these newer cats and like, what the hell is this mumble rap? What the what the hell is this going? What what's all this going on? So it's going to happen. It's generational. You know, when the, you're gonna have a bunch of wrestlers who turn who are in their 40s and 50s and that are in wrestling now in their 20s and 30s, and they're gonna be doing some of them are gonna be doing the same exact thing. So I mean, it, it's 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 just the way of the business. It's just the way of the world. It's it's, it's the way the world works. So, well, I, I'll I'll give you that uh, because when you when you put it in the terms of hip hop, for the longest, you know, I'm like, what is this mumble mouth stuff? Like, what what the fuck is this? But I started giving some of the new stuff a chance, and I found out I like I like I like a lot of it, but it's some that I don't like. They just they they sound like they they on uh what, what's that thing called the five oh nine plane? <laughs> yeah, that's that that's they sound like they own because it's like yo why are you even rapping like you're not even putting two words together like blueface I don't understand how people like blueface music like I I get a headache listening to blueface like dude stick to reality and you're having your girlfriend beat you up or something but don't rap please <laughs> then you get. Yeah, I think he's over more for that than he is for his music. His music, yeah. they just into his music because you know they keep hearing it. If you hear something long enough, you'll start to like it. Yeah, you're gonna find something like a lyric or or a beat or the something. You listen to something long enough, you're gonna end up liking. So yeah. that's why I don't even listen to radio anymore. <laughs> that's like uh. What is the song? My daughters told me about this song. They told me the name of the song. What it's something called Pound Town. Some girl rapping about her 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 her. Oh yeah. brown. I'm like, I, I, I know the song. I know the song. And I'm like, yo, what the heck? I I told a, a gentleman I used to work with. I said, dude, you taking fifty years of hip hop and you telling me that Nicki Minaj is the greatest female MC of all time. He's like, yeah. I was like, have you never listened to Queen Latifah? You've never listened to MC Light? Oh, man, them old bras can't rap. I said, you've never listened to JJ Fad? Like, dude, this is real music because they had substance behind it. Like, they... MC Light was putting dudes to shame when it was a, a game dominated by dudes, but she was putting dudes to shame. Oh, yeah, just like that, just like... Just like there was, anytime you got into an argument, it was either, what was it? Biggie versus Tupac. Right. L versus uh, Kumo D. Right. Even, even, even Michael Jackson versus Prince. But the biggest arguments that I used to hear would be Queen Latifah versus MC Light. Mm. People would actually get. I've seen a. I actually saw a fight once. But folks are arguing about who was the better rapper, MC Light or Queen Latifah. 
So I mean, so I mean, yeah. I mean, you got you got a lot of female rappers out there that uh like this uh new girl. What, what's her name? Uh, the light skinned one with the red curly hair and uh, uh, Ice Spice. Yeah. Now there's a thing about her talking about well, the only reason she got in is because she's light skinned. You know, she uh she she never she was never really in the game. She was just a TikToker that wound up uh finding, getting to the right people. You know, she wound up hooking up with Drake, and then Drake tried to tried to mess with her, and she wasn't giving it up. And then found out that she was already under contract, and he was trying to sign her. And I mean, it's you know, I mean, it is. I mean, you you got a lot of folks out here. Um, somebody, I was listening, I was watching, I was watching um, Instagram Reels. You know, I get it. I don't know why, but I get into a deep rabbit hole when I start to watch those reels, man. I, I got to do something about that. Look, but, look, uh, I think they got a rehab or something for because I, I think we I know, all right? <laughs> but, uh, they, they, whoever came up with that shit, I mean, they were, that was some smart shit. But anyway, so I was watching one reel where I think, I, I don't know the name of the show, but it's the guys, they, they always sit in a barber shop and everybody's sitting in the barber's chair. Mm-hmm. And they and they just chopping it up or whatever. One guy was on there and said, "The new talent is no talent." You got a lot of folks out here with no with no real talent that are out here just making money off of likes on on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and. You know, uh, and 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 they don't they don't have any true real talent. You know, if you put them in a if you put them in a microphone, if you put them in front of a microphone with nothing behind them, and they on there and they on the stage by themselves, they couldn't bust a break. That's true. But you put them in a studio with all the with all the reverb and the. Uh, and uh, and uh, what is it? The uh, auto tunes and all that stuff—they're the greatest. They're the greatest thing alive. You know, it's uh, it's a couple local. Well, it's it's a couple local people, but it's one local chick. Uh, she, Rico Nasty. I actually like her. And then you got—I I had somebody tell me one time, "Oh man." You 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 talk about Ice T like he the greatest thing ever, man. That dude, he a fake gangster, he a police officer. What gangster play a police officer? I said, dude, have you ever listened to Ice T? I said, man, well, all he do is talk about stuff that he ain't never did. I said, this dude ran the rap game, was a pimp, and was making movies. I said, what the blue fuck is wrong with you? They did so, an interview with Ice T. They did an interview with Ice T, and they asked him how he got how he got his role in uh, Law and Order SUV, SVU, and he said they wanted him in there for his authenticity, and he almost turned it down because he's like, I don't want to be no cop. What the fuck? Why why would I want to play a cop? He got a whole song called Cop Killer, <laughs> right? <laughs> But he's the realest thing on that show. Well, and, how, and, and how long has he been on that show? 20, 23 years going into 24. I think he started in 2000. 
And the thing is, the chemistry that he has with that whole entire cast. And I, I'm, I'm a big SVU fan. When him and Munch were partners, it was it was real because what you saw from Munch, which is Richard Belzer, the late great Richard Belzer, what you saw from him was real. When he talked about conspiracy theories, that was the real Richard Belzer. When right. I see that street shit, that's the real Ice T. That's the when you saw Finn talk that street shit, that was Ice T talking that street shit. People don't right. realize that. It was a dude that tweeted Ice T and told him, oh man, what the what the hell did he say? Oh, oh my my God. I had to send the joint to BJ and I had to laugh about it because this dude really came out. He came out the side, he was talking out the side of his neck. Let's just put it that way. Uh, he said, boy, I'm telling you, he tweeted him this, boy, I'm telling you, you're not pulling up nowhere with your retired ass. So he responded and said, why pull up when I can have you brought to me in a trunk? I said, that's got <laughs> the shit I've ever heard in my life. I don't have to pull up. I can have you delivered to me in, in a trunk. Don't take right. right now. Right now. Hey, back in the day, people see people don't realize. Okay, so back in the day when every when it was all this East Coast West Coast stuff, and they had that summit that uh, the honorable that uh, the honorable uh, Louis Farrakhan put together to try to bring East Coast West Coast together. Who do you think Louis Farrakhan got for the West Coast side? I see, of course. Who do you think they got? Who do you think he tapped to to uh, represent the West Coast side to try to bring uh, the East Coast and West Coast together and end this rap beef? Who do you think? Ice T. Mm -hmm. So for that alone, you got to have some clout. You got to be able to. Have, you got to have some street cred. You got to be able to say, "Okay, I've, I've, I've lived this. This is me. This ain't no. This ain't no game. This, I ain't no. I ain't one of these gangster rappers that are only hard on records. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've done this. So, I tried to think? tell these youngers. I said, "You got to realize." I said, "You know, you don't have too many of them." I said, "You know." Nipsey Hussle, Crip, Snoop, Crip. I said, Ice-T's a Crip. I said, Lil Wayne, you know, he claimed he had blood and all that. But when he started claiming all that blood stuff, he was already deep into the game. Like, how much work did you really put in? You know? But still, you can't, you, 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 you can't claim this stuff and then think somebody's not going to G-check you. The thing is, Ice-T... His resume is solid. You can't G-check him. But these youngins don't want to believe. They think, oh, he just old. That's man, that's Detective Tutu Ola. He ain't this, he ain't that. Okay. What was uh what was the name of that dag on show on HBO? Um what was the pimps up hose down? Yeah. They, they had the uh the uh the players ball. Right. He was dead. He was in there getting his hair done. That's when he had long hair. He was in there getting his hair done because he had a stable of hoes. Right. Stable fucking pimp. For real. 
Oh man, he he just telling somebody else's story. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but bring it, but bring this back full circle. I mean, you gonna talk, you talk about these young, you gonna have these Hulk Hogan's and these Ric Flair's and all these folks talking about these youngins and these uh, and, and these young folks that are coming up now. The wrestling game has changed. You know, it ain't it, like you said. All these muscle bound, steroid filled uh, wrestlers and whatnot that used to be the thing back in the day because that's what Vince liked. I mean, that's not today. Nope. You ain't got you ain't got kids that are going outside and uh and uh and drinking from the water hose and having to come back in when the street lights come on that type thing. You ain't got that no more. You got a bunch of kids that are sitting around in their houses playing video games and, and may and may look out the window to see some daylight every now and again. So you know you ain't got you ain't I mean they gonna they gonna they gonna build up their bodies and whatnot for the aesthetic, for no. the gimmick. But I mean you ain't gonna you, you that, that's not what they're looking at. They're not looking at that like that, you know. They're looking for the high spots. They're looking for the flips. They're looking for something that's going to make them viral, something that's going to get them five stars from Uncle Dave, you mm. know, whatever, whatever the case, whatever the case may be. So, you know, it's a, it's the, the game has changed, and you can't you can't criticize these uh, youngins and whatnot coming up and coming up now uh, for playing the game as it is now. Hell, even Uno changed their rules. <laughs> Uno is going to change their rules recently. Come on now. So I tell you this, Pete. You know these these. I keep seeing these posts. These youngs talk about how did y'all survive in the eighties and nineties? Y'all was stuck in the house and no internet. So I said everybody always say stuck in the house, and I remember this vividly. They used to have a dag on uh, a commercial that came on at ten o'clock. It's ten o'clock. Do you know where your children are? They had to ask our parents do they know where the fuck we are. Right. I got friends as well as myself. You would leave the house about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, especially if you had a bike. And you'd have been damn near all over your city. You'd have been down in the next town over. You'd have been everywhere. And you back by the time the day. Where you go to? We was just out riding bikes. I lived in. And when I lived with my godmother, I was in Northeast. When I actually got, the, she let me ride my bike through D.C. I think I rode my bike from Fort Titan Metro Station. For those that don't know, look it up on the map, please. Fort Titan Metro Station. I lived at the bottom of the hill. I rode my bike from there up the street to LaSalle. I crossed over the line and went into Maryland, rode my bike all the way up through. The, I'm just riding. I didn't think about nothing. I was just like, hell, I'm going to go riding. Let's roll. But nobody does that anymore. You know how many basketball courts are empty on days like today was a nice day, yesterday was a nice day, tomorrow's probably going to be a nice day. Basketball courts are empty. Gyms, empty. You know, nobody's outside playing anymore. So times have definitely changed. And I, I guess we're going to get to a point where it's a uh, – it's going to happen a lot more where you got the older generation talking shit about the younger generation. It's so. always going to happen. It's been happening since the beginning of the time. You know, it's always going to happen. Every every generation 
talks about the generation after them and tries to make comparisons, but you can't really do it. No, because times will change. Time that that's like I well, I can say our generation because I'm 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 close to, closer to you than a, a, a lot of other people. But our generation, we did things differently. We operate differently because the way now you're slightly older, but I learned from your generation how to carry myself as a man. So y'all, I'm from I'm from. I'm from the last generation. I'm from the last generation that did not have internet. Okay, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have internet. I didn't have. We didn't. We didn't have internet. I didn't know what the internet was. Really, I mean, I knew what it was. I knew the theory or the concept of the internet, but I didn't really get into the internet until I was in like my thirties. As a matter of fact, and uh, he can probably attest to this if he remembers, Don set up, helped me set up my first email account at ESPN wow. Zone. <laughs> wow. My first got my first email account with Yahoo. I didn't do I, I didn't do AOL. I was already living in Atlanta. I mean, this is this was 2000, 2001, I was sitting in our office and he was talking, we were talking about something and he was like, he, he mentioned the internet, we were talking about the internet and he was asking me if I had an email address and I was like, no, nah, I ain't got no email address. He was like, we about to set you up one. So NubianSumo1 at yahoo.com was created by the people's choice Don Rodriguez. <laughs> oh shit! And, and, and look, look, look at that's about the about the time that I made my first email address. It, matter of fact, it was October two thousand that I made my first email address on AOL, and we used to get the AOL disc to upgrade every time they did an upgrade. A, I, we started with AOL five, I think it was. And went all the way through ten. Then after that, right. everything else is everything just got way more streamlined. My first like email got was Ziggy like the one. <laughs> like you got these uh going going back to the going back to the reels. There was a uh, teacher that had these. Uh, I, I want to say they were like maybe they could have been no more than sixth grade. I'm thinking. It might have been like fourth to sixth grade, something like that. He lined them up and said, okay, we about to have, I'm about to quiz y'all on some stuff. And he was like, what's this? He lifted up a floppy disk. He's like, what is, tell me what this is. I don't know. Back of the line. Okay. He picked up a rotary, he picked up a rotary phone and said, Tell me how this works. They were looking at it all crazy, and they did pick it up. You know, it was like, you know, I don't know what this. Okay, back of the line. He played this. He played this. Uh, he played this audio, and it was how AOL used to start up. All that shit. 
<laughs> he said, "Tell me what, tell me what this is." And everybody was looking all dumbfounded, like, "I, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is." And so, I mean, it's it's just funny how, you know, none of these none of these people knew what the, I mean. They're young. They may not. They may, they work. They're not really supposed to know because all this stuff is like outdated and gone with the dodo. But for them to just to just to sit there and watch them and be like, we don't ex we can't experience that. Well, I mean, there were some things that were that our parents dealt with, but they pretty much were still using that stuff like a hot comb. Mm -hmm. Who uses a hot comb these days? I mean, I mean, I will, this, before my hair was dreaded, my wife actually did hot comb my hair when I had an apple, yeah, nobody I combed it out. Nobody really knew. Nobody really knew uh, around when I was younger. Nobody really knew what a hot comb was. You know, it's, I mean, it's just it's just different stuff that, that that went on back back in the day. That and every generation is like that. Like you gonna have folks now who are gonna have grandchildren, great grandchildren. Well, maybe great great grandchildren because. You could be a grandma at thirty these days, but you know, mm -hmm. and it's gonna be something that's gonna be like you're, you're gonna show your kids and be like, "What's that? Oh, you don't know what that is? Come on now, you got to know what that is." No, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> but I don't know. It's 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 just it's the way of the world. Oh, every 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 older generation is gonna look at a younger generation and be like. What the hell are you doing? What what is that? You know, why why are you doing that? Why is this that way? And that's what these wrestlers are doing. That's what these wrestlers are saying. You know, you got these wrestlers that came out in the 70s and 80s and they looking at these guys now in the 2000s and they're like this isn't wrestling. No, this is wrestling today. Agreed. This is how it is today. You know, in the eighties, what what changed wrestling and what changed wrestling for everybody in the eighties? Lucha Libre coming to America. True. Then they then that then then after that, what changed wrestling? ECW, the hardcore style, mm -hmm. changed wrestling. Then after that, what was it? The Attitude Era. Yeah, Attitude Era. Yep. And you know, that. You, you, Sex and violence. Sex and violence. So I mean, you go. Every generation is going to have their own niche, their own way of changing the way wrestling is watched and performed. And you just got to, you just got to roll with the punches. That's it. That's all. Well, let, let, let's bring it around, and we're going to wrap it up. Um, then we talking about the '80s. We lost the Iron Sheik last week. We lost good old Sheiky baby, and I, I've been telling people. I said one thing I can say about the Iron Sheik. I followed him on social media for years, and one thing he never failed to, to say is to tell somebody go fuck yourself on a regular basis, and fuck the Hulk Hogan. Like, yes, I'm gonna miss the dude for various reasons, but uh, now you got a little bit more experience with the Iron Sheik as a wrestler. Than I do. So, please 
Well, anybody anybody can catch up with with the Iron Sheik's history now because you know A and E has their documentary on him, which is very good. Um, I think Amazon Prime has a documentary where they actually followed him around for about a year. Uh, the guy, the two guys that were pretty much helping to take care of him as far as his social media and his PR and the whatnot uh, went into that. Uh, so you can learn a lot about the, uh, the Iron Sheet now, his past and his present. But um, yeah, when he, I mean, he was all over, when, back in the territory days, he was all over the place. You know, he was in, he was in Minnesota, he was in Georgia, he was in Mid-Atlantic for a while. He had the, he had the uh, television championship for a while in NWA. Uh, he, um, he, he was all, he was all over the place. And that, and that um, Iranian, uh, the Iranian thing, he has been, he's been doing that pretty much since the beginning. I mean, he, once he got to the WWF, that's when it kind of jumped like tenfold because it, it got even worse with that when, when he got to WWF. And then when he beat Bob Backlund for the World Heavyweight, for the World Heavyweight Championship, and that turned into a big thing. And then he didn't keep the belt long because then that's when Hulk Hogan beat him for it, for the, for the title. And he never really got another title shot after that. They put him together with Nikolai Volkov, and he became uh, tag team champions with him, perennial tag team champions with him. And then uh, he wound up disappearing for a while and then came back as Colonel, At uh, Colonel Mustafa. And was with um, and was with um, the, the Sergeant Slaughter. When Sergeant Slaughter turned into a um, Iraqi supporter. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, this this the Iron Sheik. I mean, and he's had a lot of influence on a lot of different wrestlers. Case in point, your boy, The Rock. Jabron. Everybody talks about. Everybody talks about him using the word jabroni. Now, the jabroni was a word that a lot of people use, but he learned that word from the Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik was the one who used that word pretty much, was really the only one that was using that word in his in character on television because he used to call everybody a jabroni. And so that's where, that's where The Rock got that from, and he wound up getting credit for it because nobody during that generation remembered the Iron Sheik doing that because he wasn't really vocal when he was with Sergeant Slaughter. So, you know, everybody's like, oh, The Rock, ah, Jabroni, ah, yeah. but he even admitted it. He was like, that wasn't me. That was the Iron Sheik. So, so. Let me. I, I know you weren't a fan of Young Rock, which is unfortunately being canceled, which is bullshit. For, fucking really, really good show. But he's prominent. Oh, rise and fall of Dwayne Johnson. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. I'm it, waiting for that documentary to come out. He's uh, actually prominent in that uh, as being wrestling in, uh, in the Hawaiian territory with uh, The Rock's grandmother uh, as the promoter. And he's uh, he, he's prominent in the series as being around the house and cookouts and everything. And, you know, one of the trusted wrestlers that, you know, 
The Rock's uh, grandmother, uh, what, what's her, uh, Leah Maya Via. Atta, yeah. Atta, uh, his, no, his grandmother. His mother's Atta. Leah is his grandmother, I think. Right, right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But, you know, she, he's one of the trusted ones that she, you know, goes to. And it, it's crazy because I'm like, damn, I didn't know the Iron Sheik went that far back. But I mean, well, I knew he went that far back, but I didn't know he was like The Rock was like, yeah, he, he was around all the time. You know, him, Macho Man. Uh, Andre the Giant was a big influence to him. Now, this is on the show, mind you. And I'm like, damn, if all of that is true, yeah, he got some deep-ass wrestling roots. You know how he got his name? How? He was wrestling under his real name. And then he, I think he was getting hurt or kind of sat out for a while. I don't know if this is around the time that he was um, that they that he was a uh, part of the U.S. Olympic team as a coach, but he wound up sitting. He was wrestling in Minnesota, and um, they was he was sitting around a table with uh, Vern Gagne and Vern Gagne's wife, and she was like, "You know, you should call yourself the Iron Sheik. That would fit you." And it was around, and it was around that same time that he decided to go to a cobbler. For those who don't know what a cobbler is, that's a person that makes shoes, mm. repairs and makes shoes. And that's when he got the boots that he wears with the curved tips. So that's what that, that's that, so the so it was Vern Gagne's wife that gave him the name the Iron Sheik. Not to be confused with the Sheik. Right. Well, I mean, character inside the ring, character outside the ring. I heard a story from Hogan. Uh, don't know how true it is, because sometimes you got to take some of these stories at face value, like a grain of salt sometimes, throw them over the shoulder. But he said that. Uh, especially from Hogan. Especially from Hogan. <laughs> I've heard that before. He said that uh, they were sitting in a lock in a locker room, and Andre the Giant was playing uh, cards. And she came in and was like, "Uh, Andre, you think uh, tonight I could body somebody?" Oh, <laughs> he said Andre just told him he told him to get out, and then he just mercil mercilessly beat the shit out of him that night. Yeah, that's that was the way, that was the way Andre was. It said he did that to he him and uh, Macho Man. Beat the shit out of him. But now, he, this is what's crazy. Say that, you know, he beat the shit out of uh, Macho Man because of uh, how he treated Elizabeth. But now, if we're going by the timeline of Young Rock, Andre Which and Randy, Andre, Randy, and Iron Sheik were all there together in Hawaii. And I, I don't mean just wrestling. I mean, they're sitting around the table with the Junkyard Dog and King Kong Bundy and all these guys. Like, I don't, I can't say that Macho Man was in Hawaii at that around that time. I can't, I don't recall that. that I could be wrong, but I don't recall that being the case. Uh, like, I, like I've said in past shows about this, 
monstrosity. Uh, the Rock took a lot of creative license when it came to that show. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't put a lot of credit down in, in that being the case. Okay. Now, I think I think Junkyard Dog was. I know Andre did go to Hawaii for a while because he was close with the Anawahi family. Um, um, Sheik went to Hawaii a lot back in those days because uh, Sheik was, I mean, that was back in the days when you didn't stay in a territory but maybe six months unless you were just one of the mainstays there. Somebody like a Iron Sheik would move around a lot from territory to territory and um, and, and ply his trade in different territories. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could put a lot of salt into that one. Well, we lost a legend. Uh, and it, I, I, BJ always says, you know, you can't throw that legend card out there so much. But when you look back at guys, especially, you know, once they've gotten up in age, and I think Iron Sheik was, what, 82? Yeah, I think he died at 82. Yeah. You can look back and you can say, you know, this dude in the golden era of WWF, he was a mainstay. You know, uh, what was the Battle Royale a couple years ago? And he wasn't he wasn't supposed to win that, but he couldn't take the bump, so he wound up uh Yeah, he couldn't take the bump over the um over the top rope. So they wound right. up letting him win. Right. The gimmick again it was a gimmicks battle royal. Yeah. And that was the last time he was in the ring, and I I'm glad for him. Happy for him. It's just one thing I'm gonna miss is that social media presence. Because that was every day. Clockwork. You knew the Iron Sheik was going to say, you know, life's too short to tell somebody go fuck yourself. It's always something. It's always something. But yeah, we need to find somebody. We need to find somebody who could take that, who could take over that mantle for telling Hulk Hogan to go fuck himself every day. Oh my and then he always talked about making Hogan humble, Backlund humble. It, it was always. It, Hey, I'll, I'll make you humble. I'll break your fucking back. I love, and that's the part that I love because that was genuinely him. So, guy, I gotta, gotta say, rest in peace, Iron Sheet. Yeah, uh, he will be, he will be missed. Yeah, he will be missed. He's a, he was a very polarizing character, very memorable character. So yeah, he will be, he will be missed. I'll say this. We have done something that I think has only been done maybe, maybe two times in the six years we've done this show. No, well, five years that we've done this show. And we've hit the two-hour mark. We've went over the two-hour mark. It's only happened maybe twice. And this is this is not a, a a bullshit two hours. This is a good two hours. This is a good two hours. And I will say, uh, we probably 
probably won't get fined for it, but I mean, it might be a stern talking to in the morning. <laughs> but this is one of the ones where we got to sneak the mothership back into the uh, into the garage. But it ain't got no dings or scratches on it. We'll fill it up before we bring it back. So, uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, thank Raj for joining us. Can't wait to have him back once he goes to SmackDown. Uh, Nubian Sumo, dude. Hell of a show tonight. You did the damn thing. And I, I like always, I had to sit back and I just had to enjoy myself and listen. And that makes the show even better for me. Because I get to sit back, I get to listen. And I get to listen to other opinions and I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm right. So I appreciate that from you. Uh, tomorrow morning, sideline junkies are off. To celebrate Father's Day. Speaking of which, ah, pull that up there. <laughs> I got uh, one of my two Father's Day gifts from my children. It says "Dope Black Dad," and it has all five of my children on it, along with myself. So that's uh, beautiful. I'm uh, I'm afraid what they got a, got planned for me tomorrow. I don't know. They might whoop my ass or something. <laughs> I don't know, but. Happy as long as, not, as long as it's not with a unicorn, you're doing all right. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well ahead of the game, as long as it's not like that. But uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, for those that whose fathers have passed on, uh, stay strong. Talk it out. You know, if you ain't got nobody to talk to, hell, we, we round. We always willing to listen. But talk it out because I know it's going to be a rough day, so. Yeah, happy Father's Day to everybody, all the uncles, grandfathers, uncles, father figures, godfathers, and uh, ladies, stay in your lane. <laughs> stay in your lane. You, 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 you got yours last month. Stay in your lane. <laughs> so the, the, uh, the People's Choice Don Rodriguez is not here tonight, so I guess I have to take his role. And say, uh, diversify your bonds. Konnichiwa, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>